Section four of the Book of Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume Four by Anonymous. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Philippa. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume Four, translated by Richard Burton. Section four, two hundred and forty-seven nights to two hundred and fiftieth night when it was the two hundred forty seventh night she said it hath reached me o spacious king that when amjad and ashad heard the story from raham the magician who had become a muslim they marvelled with extreme marvel and thus passed the night and when the next morning dawned they mounted and riding to the palace sought an audience with the king who granted it and received them with high honour now as they were sitting together talking all of a sudden they heard the townfolk cry aloud and shouting to one another and calling for help and the chamberlain came into the king and said to him some king hath encamped before the city he and his host with arms and weapons displayed and we know not their object and aim the king took counsel with his wazir amjad and his brother asad and amjad said i will go out to him and learn the cause of his coming so he took the horse and running forth from the city repaired to the stranger's camp where he found the king and with him a mighty many and mounted mamelukes when the guards saw him they knew him for an envoy of the king from the city so they took him and brought him before their sultan then amjad kissed the ground before him but lo the king was a queen who was veiled with a mouth veil and she said to amjad know that i have no design on this your city and that i am come hither only in quest of a beardless slave of mine whom if i find with you i will do you no harm but if i find him not then shall there befall sore onslaught between me and you asked amjad o queen what like is thy slave and what is his story and what may be his name she said his name is asad and my name is marjana and this slave came to my town in company of Brahm, a magian who refused to sell him to me so i took him by force but his master fell upon him by night and bore him away by stealth and he is of such and such a favour when amjad heard that he knew it was indeed his brother asad whom she sought and said to her o queen of the age almadolia praise be allah who hath brought us relief verily the slave whom thou seekest is my brother then he told her their story and all that had befallen them in the land of exile and acquainted her with the cause of their departure from the islands of ebony whereat she marvelled and rejoiced to have found asad so she bestowed a dress of honour upon amjad and he returned forthright to the king and told him what had passed at which they all rejoiced and the king went forth with amjad and asad to meet the queen marjana when they were admitted to her presence and sat down to converse with her and were thus pleasantly engaged behold a dust-cloud rose and flew and grew till it walled the view and after a while it lifted and showed beneath it an army dight for victory in numbers like the swelling sea armed and armoured cup who making for the city encompassed it around as the ring encompasseth the little finger and a bared brand was in every hand when amjad and asad saw this they exclaimed verily to allah we belong and to him we shall return what is this mighty host 
doubtless these are enemies and except we agree with this queen marjana to fight them they will take the town from us and slay us there is no resource for us but to go out to them and see who they are so amjad arose and took horses and passed through the city gate to queen marjana's camp but when he reached the approaching army he found it to be that of his grandsire king gayur father of his mother queen Badur, and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say when it was the two hundred and forty-eighth night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that when amjad reached the approaching host he found it to be that of his grandsire lord of the isles and the seas and the seven castles and when he went into the presence he kissed the ground between his hands and delivered to him the message quoth the king my name is king gayur and i come wayfaring in quest of my daughter budur whom fortune hath taken for me for she left me and returned not to me nor have i heard any tidings of her or her husband kamar al-zazan have ye any news of them when amjad heard this he hung his head towards the ground for a while in thought till he felt assured that this king was none other than his grandfather his mother's father whereupon he raised his head and kissing ground before him told him that he was the son of his daughter Bedur. on hearing which gayur threw himself upon him and they both fell a-weeping then said gayur be praised allah o my son for safety since i have foregathered with thee and amjad told him that his daughter Bedur was safe and sound and her husband kamar al-zaman likewise and acquainted him that both abode in the city called the city of ebony moreover he related to him how his father being wroth with him and his brother had commanded that both be put to death but that his treasurer had taken pity on them and let them go with their lives quoth king ayur i will go back with thee and thy brother to your father and make your peace so amjad kissed the ground before him in huge delight and the king bestowed a dress of honour upon him after which he returned smiling to the king of the city of the magians and told him what he had learned from king gayur whereat he wondered with exceeding wonder then he dispatched guest gifts of sheep and horses and camels and forage and so forth to king gayur and he did the like by queen marjana and both of them told her what chanced whereupon quoth she i too will accompany you with my troops and will do my endeavour to make this peace meanwhile behold there is another dust cloud and flew and grew till it walled the view and blackened the days in bright hue and under it they heard shouts and cries and neighing of steeds and beheld sword glances and the glint of levelled lance when this new host drew near to the city and saw the other two armies they beat their drums and the king of the magians exclaimed this is indeed naught but a blessed day praised be allah who hath made us of accord with these two armies and if it be his will he shall give us peace with yon other as well then said he to amjad and asad fare forth and fetch us news of these troops for they are a mighty host never saw i a mightier so they opened the city gates which the king had shut for fear of the beleaguering armies and amjad and asad went forth coming to the new host found that it was indeed a mighty many but as soon as they came to behold it they knew that it was the army of the king of ebony islands 
wherein was their father, King Kamar al-Zaman, in person. And when they looked upon him, they kissed ground and wept. But when he beheld them, he threw himself upon them weeping, with sore weeping, and strained them to his breast for a full hour. Then he excused himself to them, and told them what desolation he had suffered for their loss and exile. And they acquainted him with King Gayur's arrival, whereupon he mounted with his chief officers, and taking with him his two sons, proceeded to that king's camp. As they drew near, one of the princes rode forward and informed King Gayur of Kumar al-Saman's coming, whereupon he came out to meet him, and they joined company, marvelling at these things and how they had chanced to foregather in that place. Then the townsfolk made them banquets of all manner of meats and sweetmeats, and presented to them horses and camels and fodder and other guest gifts and all that the troops needed. And while this was doing, behold, yet another dust cloud arose and flew till it walled the view, whilst earth trembled with the tramp of steed and tabor sounded like stormy winds. After a while, the dust lifted and discovered an army clad in goats of mail and armed cap a pied but all were in black garb, and in their midst rode a very old man whose beard flowed down over his breast, and he also was clad in black. When the king of the city and the city folk saw this great host, he said to the other kings, Praise be Allah, by whose omnipotent command ye are met here all in one day, and have proved all known one to the other. But what vast and victorious army is this, which hemmeth in the whole land like a wall, they answered, Have no fear of them. We are three kings, each with a great army, and if they be enemies, we will join thee in doing battle with them, were they three times as many as they are now. Meanwhile, up came an envoy from the approaching host, making for the city. So they brought him before Kamar al-Saman, King Ayur, Queen Marjana, and the king of the city. And he kissed the ground and said, My liege lord cometh from Persia land, for many years ago he lost his son, and is seeking him in all countries. If he find him with you, well and good. But if he find him not, there will be war between him and you, and he will waste your city. Rejoined Kamar al-Saman, It shall not come to that, but how is thy master called in a jamland? Answered the envoy, He is called King Suriman, Lord of the Caledon Islands and he hath levied these troops in the lands traversed by him while seeking his son. Now when Kumar al-Zaman heard these words, he cried out with a great cry and fell down in a fit, which lasted a long while. And anon coming to himself, he wept bitter tears and said to Amjad and Asad, Go ye, my sons, with the heralds, salute your grandfather and my father, King Suriman, and give him glad tidings from me. For he mourneth my loss, and even to the present time he weareth black raiment for my sake. Then he told the other kings all that had befallen him in the days of his youth, at which they wondered, and going down with him from the city, repaired to his father, whom he saluted, and they embraced and fell to the ground sinless for excessive joy. And when they revived after a while, Kumar al-Saman acquainted his father with all his adventures, and the other kings saluted Shariman. Then, after having married Marjana to Asad, they sent her back to her kingdom, charging her not to cease correspondence with them. So she took leave and went her way. Moreover, they married Amjad to Bostan, Braham's daughter, 
and they all set out for the city of ebony when they arrived here kumar al-saman went in to his father-in-law king armanus and told him all that had befallen him and how he had found his sons whereat armanus rejoiced and gave him the joy of his safe return then king gayur went in to his daughter queen Bador, and saluted her and quenched his longing for her company and they all abode a full month's space in the city of ebony after which the king and his daughter returned to their own country and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased to say her permitted say when it was the two hundred and forty-ninth night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that king gayur set out with his daughter and his host for his own land and they took with them amjad and returned home by easy marches and when gayur was settled again in his kingdom he made his grandson king in his stead and as to kumar al-zaman he also made Assad king in his room over the capital of the ebony islands with the consent of his grandfather king omanus and set out himself with his father king shariman till the two made the islands of caladan when the lieges decorated the city in their honour they ceased not to beat the drums for glad tidings the whole month nor did kamar al saman leave to govern in his father's place till there overtook them the destroyer of delights and the sunderer of societies and allah knoweth all things quoth king sayyar o shahrazad this is indeed a most wonderful tale and she answered o king it is not more wonderful than that of allah al-din abu al-shama what is that he asked and she said it hath reached me that there lived in times of yore and years and ages long ago before a merchant of cairo named shams al-din who was of the best and truest spoken of the traders of the city and he had eunuchs and servants and negro slaves and handmaids and mamelukes with great stores of money moreover he was consul of the merchants of cairo and owned a wife whom he loved and who loved him except that he had lived with her forty years yet had not been blessed with a son or even a daughter one day as he sat in his shop he noted that the merchants each and every had a son or two sons or more sitting in their shops like their sires now the day being friday he entered the hammam bath and made the total ablution after which he came out and took the barber's glass and looked in it saying i testify there is no god but the god and i testify that mohammed is the messenger of god then he considered his beard and seeing that the white hairs in it covered the black bethought himself that hoariness is the harbinger of death now his wife knew the time of his coming home and had washed and made herself ready for him so when he came in to her she said good evening but he replied i see no good then she called to the handmaid spread the supper tray and when this was done quoth she to her husband sub o my lord quoth he i will eat nothing and pushing the tray away with his foot turned his back upon her she asked why dost thou thus and what hath vexed thee and he answered thou art the cause of my vexation and shahrazad perceived the dawn of day and ceased saying her permitted say when it was the two hundred and fiftieth night she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that shams al-din said to his wife thou art the cause of my vexation she asked wherefore and he answered 
when i opened my shop this morning i saw that each and every of the merchants had with him a son or two sons or more sitting in their shops like their father and i said to myself he who took thy sire will not spare thee now the night i first visited thee thou madest me swear that i would never take a second wife of thee nor a concubine abyssian or greek or handmaid of other race nor would lie a single night away from thee and behold thou art barren and having thee is like boring into the rock rejoined she allah is my witness that the fault lies with thee for thy seed is thin he asked and what so the man whose semen is thin and she answered he cannot get women with child nor beget children quoth he what's thicken of the seed tell me and i will buy it haply it will thicken mine quoth she inquire for it of the druggists so he slept with her that night and arose on the morning repenting of having spoken angrily to her and she also regretted her crosswords then he went to the market and finding a druggist saluted him and when his salutation was returned said to him say hast thou with thee a seed thickener he replied i had it but i am out of it inquire thou of my neighbour then shams al-din made the round till he had asked every one they all laughed at him and he presently returned to his shop and sat down sore troubled now there was in the bazaar a man who was deputy cynic of the brokers and was given to the use of opium and a lecturer and green hashish he was called shaykh mohammed samsam and being poor he used to wish shams al-din good morrow every day so he came to him according to his custom and saluted him the merchant returned his salute but in ill temper and the other seeing him vexed said my lord what hath crossed thee whereupon shams al-din told him all that had occurred between himself and his wife adding these forty years i have been married to her yet she bore me neither son nor daughter and they say the cause of thy failure to get her this child is the thinness of thy seed so i have been seeking a something wherewith to thicken my semen but found it not quoth shaykh mohammed o my lord i have a seed thickener but what wilt thou say to him who causeth thy wife to conceive by thee after these forty years have passed answered the merchant if thou do this i will work thy wheel and reward thee then give me a dinar rejoined the broker and shams al-din said take these two dinars he took them and said give me also yonder big bowl of porcelain so he gave it to him and the broker betook himself to a sheath-seller of whom he bought two ounces of concentrated rumi opium and equal parts of chinese chubebs cinnamon cloves cardamoms ginger white pepper and mountain skink and pounding them all together boiled them in sweet olive oil after which he added three ounces of male frankincense in fragments and a cupful of coriander seed and macerating the whole made it into an electuary with rumi bee honey then he put the convection in the bowl and carried it to the merchant to whom he delivered saying here is the seed thickener and the manner of using it is this take of my electuary with a spoon after supping and wash it down with a sherbet made of rose conserve but first sup of mutton and house pigeon plentifully seasoned and hardly spiced so the merchant bought all this and sent the meat and pigeons to his wife saying 
dressed them deftly, and lay up the seed thickener until I wanted and called for it. She did his bidding, and, when she served up the meats, he ate the evening meal, after which he called for the bowl and ate the electuary. It pleased him well, so he ate the rest and knew his wife. That very night she conceived by him, and, after three months, her courses ceased, no blood coming from her, and she knew that she was with the child. When the days of her pregnancy were accomplished, the pangs of labor took her, and they raised loud lullions and cries of joy. The midwife delivered her with difficulty by pronouncing over the boy at his birth the names of Mohammed and Ali, and said, Allah is most great, and she called in his ear the call to prayer. Then she wrapped him up and passed him to his mother, who took him and gave him the breast, and he sucked and was full and slept. The midwife abode with him three days, till they had made the mothering cakes of sugared bread and sweetmeats, and they distributed them on the seventh day. Then he sprinkled salt against the evil eye, and the merchant, going in to his wife, gave her joy of her safe delivery, and said, Where is Allah's deposit? So they brought him a babe of surpassing beauty, the handiwork of the orderer, who is ever-present, and though he was but seven days old, those who saw him would have deemed him a yearling child. So the merchant looked in his face, and, seeing it like a shining full moon with moles on either cheek, said he to his wife, What hast thou named him? Answered she, If it were a girl, I had named her. But this is a boy, so none shall name him but thou. Now the people of that time used to name their children by omens, and, whilst the merchant and his wife were taking counsel of the man, behold, one said to his friend, O my lord, Allah al-Din. So the merchant said, We will call him Allah al-Din Abu al-Shamat. Then he committed the child to the nurse, and he drank milk two years, after which they weaned him, and he grew up, and throve and walked upon the floor. When he came to seven years old, they put him in a chamber under a trap-door, for fear of the evil eye, and his father said, You shall not come out till his beard grow. So he gave him in charge to a handmaid and a blackamoor. The girl dressed him as meals, and the slave carried them to him. Then his father circumcised him, and made him a great feast, after which he brought him a doctor of the law, who taught him to write and read and repeat the Quran, and other arts and sciences, till he became a good scholar and an accomplished. One day it so came to pass that the slave, after bringing him the tray of food, went away, and left the trap-door open. So Allah al-Din came forth from the vault, and went in to his mother, with whom was a company of women of rank. As they sat talking, behold, in came upon them the youth, as they were a white slave drunken, for the excess of his beauty. Then when they saw him, they veiled their faces, and said to his mother, Allah requite thee, O such a one. How canst thou let this strange Mameluke in upon us? Knowest thou not that modesty is a point of the faith? She replied, Pronounce Allah's name and cry Bismillah. This is my son, the fruit of my vitals, and the heir of Consul Shamsalin, the child of the nurse, and the collar, and the crust, and the crumb. Quoth they, Never in our days knew we that thou hadst a son. And quoth she, Verily, his father feared for him the evil eye, and reared him in an underground chamber. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, 
and ceased saying her permitted say. End of section four. Recording by Philippa.